0: Hello and welcome to Harvest Church podcast. Harvest Church is based in sunny Durban, South Africa. We are a family of believers who are passionate about Jesus. We really hope this message inspires you today. Being with you again this morning, and um, I wonder if we can just close our eyes and pray, and just know His presence with us. Because it's all, as Warren was saying earlier, it's all about Him. It's all about His presence. It's all about who He is, and He's in the house with us. And when He's in the house we never know what's gonna happen. And we allow the Holy Spirit freedom to do everything he wants to do. And so we just welcome you. As Warren said, we just thank you for your amazing presence with us, your amazing grace. And we just love you, Lord Jesus. We love you. And so this morning, I need to just clean these glasses. I want to speak about what's in a name. What's in a name? Well, we know it's a a word or, or expression in which a person is made known to us. So when I mention or hear a name, it brings to mind the whole person, what I know of them, and the impression they have left on me. So if I said, for instance, do you know, somebody says to me, do you know John Jennings? Immediately, I would say, yes, I know John. And I would think of him as this passionate man who loves the Lord, who is kind, who is generous, who is faithful, and has a terrific sense of humor because I know John and I, we have lots of laughs, and I love the meaning of the word John. It's called abounding in grace, and you do, John. But there might be another name that doesn't leave such a good impression on me. And I know when here now we're choosing names for our children, and someone would suggest one, I'd think, mm-mm that reminds me of my headmistress, or it reminds me of a teacher, and I understand why they would have been like that to me, because I was the naughtiest, but at the same time, I think, no, I don't want to call them that name, because every time I mention that, it doesn't leave such a good impression on me. The Bible refers to God by many names, many different names each one revealing some aspect of his character or relationship that he has with me or with us. You know, the translators who gave us the various versions of the Bible, English Bible, simply translated God's name as God or Lord but several Greek and Hebrew names are used in the original manuscripts. These names contain a wealth of truth about our wonderful God we serve and our relationship with him. God himself sets great importance upon his name. And he says in Psalm 138, That he has exalted his name and his word, some say promise, above all things. Therefore, his name and his promise, his word, are vital in God's revelation to man. In lifting up his name and his word, he is committing, in a sense, himself to fulfill his word, his promises. His name, as it were, is a signature on his promise and his word. If we don't know him and his names, his character, and who we have covenant with, we can be mistaken to believe something false about him. So our capacity to trust the Lord is linked to his name that he has revealed in Scripture our knowledge of him. In Psalm 910, it says this those who na- know your name will put their trust in you. Jesus made known the Father's name, God's name to his disciples. He said in John 17 6, I have manifested your name to the men, you have given me out of of the world. What was he saying? I have revealed you, Father God, as I've, I've revealed you, I've revealed your name as the healer, as the deliverer, as the provider, as I've gone around healing all who were oppressed of the devil, as he went around feeding those who were hungry, the 5,000. And he went on to say, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you have seen what I have been doing and continue to do, you know what the Father is like. You know his character because I have manifested your name, Lord. I have manifested who you are amongst all those that you have kept for me. In Colossians 2.6, it says, in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And Then we read, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we know Jesus came as Emmanuel, Emmanuel. God with us. I love this one in Hebrews 1.3. It talks about Christ as the brightness of God's glory. Christ, the brightness of God's glory. We are called to be carriers of his light. We need to be the brightness wherever we go of his glory. I remember once Many years ago, somebody came to Ian and I, and they needed ministry, and we, needed, we knew that they needed to be set free in an area, and I remember saying to them, just look me in the eye, and as they tried, they kept turning their head, and eventually they said, we can't look, I can't look in your eye because there's too much light. Well, Ian and I laughed because Ian said, we said, I haven't seen the light. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, when we are walking in the light, we don't always see the light. But when we are walking walking in darkness, they can see the light. And they should be seeing light in us. We're carriers of his light to those who are walking in darkness. We look at Moses' life. When God told Moses to go and confront Pharaoh to let the Israelites go, Moses was eager to identify God. Knowing his name would tell him something about God. So he says to God, Who must I say, s- sending me? And God replied, I am. I love that. God replied, I am, in other words, I am who I am, meaning I am self-existent, self-sufficient. I am not created by a greater power. I'm depending on no one and nothing to continue to live. I am eternal, never eternal. Ending. I have always been and will always be. He's omnipotent, all powerful, omnipresent, all present, omniscient, all knowing. There's no place to which God's knowledge and power do not go. There is no place. This is who God is. I often meditate upon that, and as I consider just God's creation, and I just sit in my chair and I think, Lord, you created all this. You've always been. You always will be, and yet you chose to create me in my mother's womb. Just little me. Think about it. With all the wonder of his creation. He decided to create you. He decided to form you. He formed us that we might have fellowship with him. He formed us with a purpose and a destiny. And I love this in Psalm 139 it says, How precious are your thoughts about me! How precious are his thoughts about us. How vast in the number they are. How vast are your thoughts about us? And even when I wake up in the morning, you are still with me, even when I wake up. Abraham had a purpose, he had a destiny, and God left it to the very last point, When they're natural, they couldn't have children. And there he promised Abraham he would have a son, even in his old age. And God said he would have a son and he would be the father of many nations. He changed Abraham's name to Abraham, meaning father of many nations. That's how much power there is in a name. So every time Abraham was asked, what's your name? He would say, I am Abraham. He was declaring over himself, I am the father of many nations. He was declaring this promise of God that he would be a father of many nations before even Isaac was born. We can declare over ourselves what God has told us before his, his promises for us, before it even comes to pass. We need to be making declaration of what God has spoken over us so that it can come to pass. I've shared my testimony before, but I want to say this. Even when Ian and I were separated and nearly divorced for so many years, it went on. And some people would say, Roseanne, why do you, are you still hanging in? And I'd say, because God, when, he, when I encountered him, said to me, and you will have a testimony. And so I hung in, and every time it looked bleak, I'd say, no, we have a testimony. Even before I saw it, even when things became worse, I declared it. And then it came to pass, and Ian had a dramatic conversion. And God wants to do, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He wants to do what he's done before for so many people. We know the disciples said one time, Lord, stretch out your right hand and do the things that you have done before. And the room shook. He showed forth his power. Nothing is impossible for him. Sarah's name was changed to Sarah, meaning noble woman and princess. We can make a declaration to Over our promises. Then God reveals himself to Abraham again and tells him to take his son. He says, go up to Mount Moriah and prepare an altar where you will sacrifice Isaac. And we know what happened there. We know that as Abraham was about to put the knife to his son, an angel of the Lord appeared and stopped him. And then he turned around and he saw a ram caught in a thicket. And he was able to sacrifice that ram, that lamb in place of his son. And we know it's a picture too of Christ. Because John the Baptist said when Christ came to be baptized, he said, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. God sent his son to die in our place, just as the ram was sent to die in Isaac's place. It wasn't just a coincidence that the ram was there and caught in a thicket. Because Abraham then declares, God is our provider. He sees and makes provision. See, that provision of the ram had already been made before he had even taken his son up. God had already um, declared that Jesus would come as our Savior. It was already prepared that Jesus came as our Savior. And so Abraham called that place Jehovah-Jireh, the one who sees, God who sees and makes provision. God looks over us this morning. He is our Jehovah Jireh. He knows everything that you need at this moment. Whatever it might be. It might be financial. It might be in the emotional area. It might be relationships that need to be healed. He already knows about it. And if we partner with him, we can bring it about because he's all powerful. You know, in the beginning... God, when God created all things, he said to Adam and Eve, he had created all this, the garden, the beautiful garden, and then he said to him, now I want you to name the animals. What was God doing? He said, I want you to partner with me, and I want to partner with you. I've created this, now partner, let's partner together as you name, and he wants us to partner with him. He wants to partner with us. When we make declaration, he wants to partner with us to bring it forth. You see, there's power in prayer. There's power in his name. Let me just think about this. What is it? that you need God's provision for. This is not just a lesson, a teaching, but it's to know him, to know him who is our provider. I love the way Jesus declares to the I am's. He says in John's gospel, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. He's making declaration, even as he declares, this is who I am. We can make declaration over ourselves and say, this is who I am. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I am redeemed in Jesus. I am more than able through him, through the Lord. There's nothing impossible in him. I want to end by looking at David's writing in Psalm 23. And as he looks back upon his stormy, troubled years, when he was hunted by his enemies, years of warfare, sin, sorrow, he nevertheless recognized God's goodness to him and his guiding presence with him through it all. And he recalls his childhood, all the years that he was shepherding his father's sheep. And when he he faced the bear and when he faced the lion, he, he remembered it all. He remembered he was in covenant with God and because he was in covenant with God and because God had seen him through his battles. And because God had been with him when he had to face the lion and the bear, he was being trained through all that. And when it came to facing Goliath, he could put up his hand to face Goliath because he could look back and say, if God had been with me then, he can be with me now. If I had victory through God then, I can have victory through now. You see, even when we're in that place, it might be a lonely place. It might be a place where nobody sees us, but God sees us. And when we are faithful to him, he's already preparing us for our next season. And in that place of shepherding, David was already being prepared for kingship, to bring down giants, whatever it was, to win battles. God was already preparing him. So as he recalls his childhood, he could look back and say over the years, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I think you said it, Warren, last week, that word um, um, shall follow me means to pursue me to run after me. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, it's not us pursuing his goodness. It's him pursuing us with his goodness, running after us with his goodness, chasing after us with his goodness. I don't have to earn it. He wants to show his goodness to us. I love that. Even when I fail, he's still showing me his goodness and his mercy. Because the word says, his mercy's on you every morning. David knew that. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So he pens this beautiful Psalm 23. Let me put that up. Thanks so much. So let's not despise the day of small beginnings. Let's not despise the day when we think, Lord, what is this all about? I'm just on my own. I'm just in, just, have you forgotten me? I'm just out alone in the fields. No, He's preparing you for your next season. So David can say this in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Rahe. He's my shepherd. He's my good shepherd. He is the one who is faithful. He is the one that watches over us. He is the one that cares for us. He is the one that knows each one of our names because we know David knew the names of his sheep and they recognized his voice. Do we recognize when he talks to us? Do we recognize his voice? He's there protecting us day and night because we know the shepherd slept with his sheep. He was watching over them in case any wild animals came. Then he goes on and he says, I shall not want. Jehovah Jireh. And the Lord's prayer when he says, give us our daily bread. You know, many times I cry that out. If I feel anxious, if I feel worried, I just walk in my home and I say, Lord, I shall not want. And I just declare it and I declare it. I shall not want. And Jesus said, when I sent you out without purse or supply or shoes, did you lack anything? Nothing, the disciples said. I can look back and I can testify to God's provision. And I think I might have shared some of it with you before. And it was when we were in Fort Beaufort, I remember and I cried out to God and I said, I just need some potatoes, some tomato and some carrots just to make a stew for the children. And not long after that, there was a knock on the door and a dear old lady, little pensioner, and she said, Roseanne, I went to the market and I had to buy a big bag of potatoes, tomatoes, and carrots. And I will never eat them all. Can I give you some? Exactly what I had asked for. And I remember another time, in those days when there were no shops open from Saturday, often from Saturday 12 until Monday. Do you remember those days? And there were no little tea rooms by the petrol station. And the petrol station was also closed over weekends. And Ian, somebody came to the door that afternoon, on Sunday afternoon, and Ian gave them a loaf of bread. Now, I wasn't gracious. I was very upset because that was for the children, for their sandwiches, and I couldn't buy anything more. And I remember that night when we went up to churches, I was entering in there was a lady that was standing at the door and she said to me, Roseanne, I baked bread today. Can I give you a loaf of fresh bread? I don't think I've ever been offered bread again. (laughs) But that day, that night, she gave me a loaf of bread. And I remember, and I can go on and on another time, Ian and I were traveling back. We were living in Mandini then, ministering there. And Ian said to me as we were driving, Roseanne, let's just pray. Our tires are threadbare. And um, he didn't believe in hinting because he said that wasn't faith. And um, he said, I've told no one, but let's just pray and just bring it before the Lord. And we did. And when we got to the garage and walked in, there was a note saying, go to this garage and collect two new tires. They're already waiting for you. That was like the ram to Abraham. He had already seen, he had already made provision. He already knew our tires needed to be replaced. And I can go on and on And the way God has supplied, the way God's been this morning, he supplied for me, Leanne. I'll tell you, what, then what happened? So I get up, take my dogs for a walk at 20 past five this morning. I'm all ready. I'm just sitting in the chair, just going over my notes, and I just feel, go and look for your car keys. Now, it's half past seven. I'm ready to go. I go, and I always leave them on the table as I walk into the house and the kitchen table. So I went there, wasn't there. I looked in my bedroom, wasn't there. I looked in the office, it wasn't there. I looked everywhere. I looked under the beds, under the chairs, you name it. And now it was 25 to 8, and I knew I had to be here. So I phoned Leanne. I said, Leanne, you're going to have to drop me at the church because I can't find my keys. So she said, all right, give me a code and everything else. And I thought, by that stage, it will really be 8 o'clock. And I just stood, and I said, Lord, I've just been... Declaring that you are the one who sees, the one who knows, and the one who provides. And you know what? The keys had wound around my um, strap on my bag. So while I'm walking around with my bag, they are strapped to my, the handle of my bag. And suddenly I feel this doink, doink, and I look down and there are the keys. You know, that's how good our God is. He already knew they were there. And he said, Roseanne, go and check your keys. He knew I probably, I needed time. But he showed it to me. And so I just want to say, we can know him, the one who is with us always, the one who provides and sees. And then um, David goes on, And he says, he leadeth me beside still waters. I love that. He leadeth me. Let me say, he doesn't drive us. If I'm driven to do something, I need to question it. I need to question the source of it. Because the word says, he leads me. He doesn't drive me. He leads me beside still waters. And this God revealed to Gideon. He revealed to Gideon, I am Jehovah Shalom. It was when God told him to lead his people to victory against the Amalekites. And Gideon, we know, said, no, I'm the least of the tribe. I'm too young. I'm too small. And God said to him, peace be with you. Don't fear. You shall not die. And Gideon built built an altar in remembrance to that, and he called it Jehovah is our peace. Do you know him as your peace? Do you know him as the one who comes, no matter what you might be facing, what terrors you might be facing in the night, in the day, whatever it is, do you know him as your peace. I, at times when you know you can just get anxious about something, I will sit in my favorite chair with my cup of tea, and I will say to myself, Roseanne, why are you anxious? What is making you anxious? Is there something I can do about it? Because if there isn't, then know this, I can relax and know he is my peace. And you know that Jesus is peace. When we have him, he's not just giving us peace, he is peace. And if he indwells us, he is our peace. Then I just say, Jesus, Lord, just come as Jehovah Shalom, my peace at this moment, because you indwell me. He restoreth my soul, Jehovah Raphael, the Lord who heals. And we know that he revealed himself to Moses as Jehovah Raphael, because Moses, having led the Israelites out and going through the desert for three days they had no water, and he cries out to the Lord, and the Lord takes him and he, to um, water up a pool. But that water was bitter. It was dangerous, we to- were told, for them to drink. And he calls out to God again. And the Lord instructs him to cut down a tree and to throw the tree into the water. And when he does, we know the water is healed. No longer bitter. They could drink from that water. And so he calls that place Jehovah Raphael, the one Who heals, and we know that Jesus hung on a tree. We know that He is our healer. We know that He came that we might be healed, that we might be restored. He hung there and took the curse of our sin, of our sickness on that tree, and has set us free. Then we go to the next verse where it says, He leadeth me in paths of righteousness, Jehovah said, "Canoe." I love that because he clothes us in righteousness, not because we deserved it, but because of who he is. It's a free, good. he clothes us in righteousness. And I know there are times when I've had to minister somewhere and on the way I hear this, the enemy's voice and he says, Roseanne, who do you think you are? Your attitude is not so great. You've just shouted at the dog. You've done something with the budgie. And no, your thoughts aren't great. Who do you think you are that you can go and minister to others? And as I'm driving, I'm sure people watch me because I'm going for it. And I'm reminding the devil that I don't go in my own righteousness, that I'm clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. I go in him. I don't go in my own strength. It's not about me, it's about him. It's about what he has done. I'm clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? We are clothed. How are you feeling? Do you know that you're clothed in his righteousness? Thou art with me, Jehovah Shammir, God who is always there. When Jesus gave the great commission, he promised them, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. And as Warren said in the beginning, Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit so that he would always be with us because the Holy Spirit is the exact likeness in every way to Jesus. And he said, I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you. I'm sending you, my Holy Spirit, that he will always be with you. He will indwell you. He will clothe you He will go before you. He will lead you. He will teach you. He will counsel you. He will empower you to do the work of the great commission. Do we know his presence? Do we know the presence of the Holy Spirit who is at work in us? I so often say, Lord, I thank you for your power that is at work in me restoring me, giving me energy. (laughs) Do you know him? It's not just about his names, about knowing him as the healer, knowing him as the provider. Thou anointest my head with oil. In scripture, oil is used to sanctify things, people, Cases for God's special use because sanctify means us to be set apart. Oil was a cleaning agent. When the sheep had filthy sores, the shepherd would use oil to clean the wounds. So again, oil speaks of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The ano- we need his anointing, we need his presence. He wants to empower you and empower me. He says, I have come to empower you for service. That's what Jesus sent him for, to empower us to be with us. Jesus wants us to shepherd his people, not to leave them shepherdless. As we walk in his authority, the great shepherd, the all-sufficient one. And there's another name I want to bring out. And that is about Jehovah Sabaoth, the God of armies, the Lord of hosts. I love that. Um, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 2.14, Now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Often my prayer is, Lord, I thank you that I can come before you and know you as my Jehovah Sabaoth, the God of armies, the God of battles, the one who wars on my behalf. When I am feeling weak, when I am feeling weary, I thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Sabirth. And I think I left out Jehovah Nissi, did I? And I don't want to leave that out because it's a very important one. And I don't know where I left it out. Anyway, I will just speak on Jehovah and our banner. Do you know that in battles and in war times, that the soldiers, when they somehow got separated from the other soldiers and they were somewhere out on their own, they would look for a flag, the flag of their battalion they would look for it and they would see the flag there and they were able to go back and be with their comrades because the flag would fly high over the people. And so it is with the Lord. He said, I am Jehovah Nissi because we know that Moses' hands were lifted up by Aaron and Hur. And as his hands were lifted up, so the battle was won. And his hands represented a banner that to those who were fighting, they could see Moses' arms lifted up, and it represented the banner of the Lord. We are told that the banner of the Lord is love over us. His banner over us speaks about his love over us. So when the enemy looks across, he sees a banner These are mine, for God so loved that he gave his life for us. We are under his banner, Jehovah Nissi. And so David could say, his banner is over me. We can run to him, who is our shelter, who is our strong fortress. And so as I look at Jehovah Sabaoth, the one, Who fights our battles, who says, I will wage war on your behalf. I'm reminded that in Scripture and Revelations, there's a man who comes in riding on a white horse, and on his robe and on his thigh is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. King of kings who does battle on our behalf, King of kings, Lord of lords, riding on a white horse for you and I. Do we recognize him as our King of kings and Lord of lords? I wonder if we can stand. I want to do something in declaration this morning. And as I do I want to just remind us of that scripture which says in James 15:16, "The the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effective meaning praying according to the knowledge found in the word. Fervent to pray with purpose, with serious intent. In the Heritage Dictionary, it says this, having and showing great emotion, Extremely hot and glowing. The Latin word is to boil. In other words, when you pray, and we know we can pray, or the word talks about praying in all different ways. There are times when we are quiet, just praying. There are other times we might be praying in tongues. But when it talks about the effect of fervent prayer of the righteous man, availing mother, it says, Get involved. Get passionate about what you're praying. It's like taking an iron. If it's lukewarm, it's not going to take out any crease. If we're passive, it's not going to take out the crease. But when we are hot, we can iron and the creases come out. And so it's time to, when we declare his name, we are declaring who he is. We are declaring Uh, His character, what he wants to do in our midst. We are declaring who our God is. We are making declaration. And I want us, and I'm going to ask Warren to come and help, and just to make declaration. John, if if you want to lean... Just a declaration of who he is, his character. And so as we pray, I'm going to ask you to lift up his name. I'm going to ask you to be passionate about his name. I'm going to ask you to get involved in his name, and I'm just going to start off by saying, Lord, I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. I thank you that where there are needs in this place, that you will meet them, that you've seen, and that you know, and you've already prepared for the breakthrough. I thank you, Lord, and even as I do that, I'm going to testify to this, as I was doing this in another at another time to a group. A, a lady was there who was not a Christian at the end. She came and she said, "Just because of lifting up the name which was powerful, she came and she said, "Our." I don't know this Lord. I want to know him. And she was led to the Lord just because his name, who is all powerful, was lifted up. Do we understand the power of his name? And another time, just ministering and declaring his name. At a Bible college, there's a lady sitting in a chair, and I could see the spirit was all over her. She was going through deliverance. And I just said to people, just leave her. Let the Spirit do what he wants to do. Sometimes we must not get involved and let him do what he needs to do. And at the end, the next week when I came back, she said to me, I've been at this Bible college, but I could never worship. I could never worship. But as his name was being declared, I now can worship him. Do you understand when we declare his name, there's power in his name. There is power in his blood, and we've got to believe that things are being shifted in this place, in your life, in your situation, because he is more than enough, because he is the healer. He is Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals, who's already seen your need. He already knows what you need, because he is the provider, the one who sees and makes provision. He is the one that will wage war on your behalf so that you can experience breakthrough in whatever you need. So Father, I thank you even as we have come and even as we declare your name, that you are more than enough. There is nothing impossible for you. I thank you for the provision that is met in this place today. I thank you for the breakthroughs that will come in the lives of the people here today. I thank you for healing that will take place in this place today and those who are listening. I thank you, Lord, that you will wage war on our behalf. I thank you, Lord, that you heal relationships. I thank you, Lord, where there is bitterness, you will bring wholeness. I thank you for healing in the area of your emotions and in relationships in Jesus' name. I make declare over you the promises of God that he has already spoken to you about. I declare them to come forth in the name of Jesus, even as you make declaration, even as you partner with him this morning, even as you say, Lord, I'm partnering with the promise that you have given me and partner with him today. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, if Warren is anything you'd like to continue with. Father, I just thank you for this now in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to move powerfully in our midst. I thank you that you are already preparing our future for us. I thank you, Lord, for the new season that is ours, even as you have been preparing it. Preparing it for us, Lord, I thank you that we are changed from glory to glory to glory. I thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit. Oh, we love your presence. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you. We thank you for your power that is released in this place. In the lives of your people. That we might go out from here. Knowing the power of your name, as we declare you. It's not about just knowing your name, but it's like you revealed yourself before to the people. I thank you that you reveal yourself to us afresh, afresh this morning, Jehovah Shemir, God who is always there. God, who is always with us. God, who brings us peace. No matter what we might be facing. Jehovah Shalom. My peace. My peace. Jehovah Rahi. My good shepherd. Jehovah Raphael. The Lord who heals me. Jehovah Nissi, My banner. That declares over me. I am loved. For your banner over us. Is love. Love. And more love. Never ending love. Never ending love. Can you lift up his name? Take a name and lift up his name into your situation. Declare his name over your promises. Declare his name into the situation you might be facing. Lift up his name. Let us praise his name. Let us hallow his name. When Jesus taught his disciples and he said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed. That word hallowed means to be praised. It means to be exalted. It needs to be set apart. It needs to be lifted up. We lift up your name in this place, Lord. Hallowed, hallowed be your name that is above every name. Our God reigns. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves you. I don't know if you remember the song many years ago. There was a chorus that said, something beautiful, something good. I wish I could sing it. I've got no voice. Something beautiful, something good. All my confusion Jesus understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he's made something beautiful of my life. He's made something beautiful of your life. He's exchanged our filthy rags for his robe of righteousness. Go out in his strength, knowing who goes with you. Go out in his power, knowing who is power, the one who is almighty. The Lord bless you.